Welcome back to the Last King of Ulster podcast with me, your host, Paul Gallagher. I don't know why, but every time I open up with a podcast, I seem to sound very American. So apologize for that. I will keep this as normal as I can. So, and I keep going, but, but we're listening, we're learning. Anyway, so we just had Inauguration Day. Joe Biden has been sworn in as the 46th President of the United States. Now, I'm sure we are all at this stage sick of talking about Trump and how he did this and how he did that. But you know what? It is Biden's day. And whether I wanted him to win or not, or whether you do or not, we will give him the common courtesy of talking only about him and not his predecessor. So, what situation has Biden inherited right now? So he has inherited America that is very racially divided. There's a lot of racial tension. Granted, so did his predecessor. Granted, the president he served under, uh, Barack Obama, inherited a very racially divided country. However, I feel now with COVID that we don't really see how people feel about these racial issues in public. We don't have people in football stadiums protesting whether they support something or not. Organized protests are very disunited, you know, granted with social distancing and whatnot. Um, will racial tensions get better under Joe Biden? I think he, I think they will. I really do think. Uh, his speech did seem genuine when he said that he wants to unite all Americans. They did use a lot of people of color and various Latino and minority communities within the speech. I thought that was a nice touch. I thought that was a nice bit of symbolism. However, like if we look at the past, his policies as a, I don't know what the equivalent is over there, a senator, pardon me, a senator over in America has resulted in a lot of people of color being prosecuted and minorities. So I think there's a load of different avenues that I think he can explore in order to eradicate this. So I think this needs to go out at saying, but I think we need to end the drug war. I think Biden should make it a federal law whereby you can smoke as much weed as you want, uh, make cocaine, heroin, all the legal drugs legal, and you might think I'm criminally insane. Okay, that is just my point of view. I'll meet you halfway in this issue. What if, rather than legalizing it, we decriminalize drugs? We get Biden, pardon me, to decriminalize drugs. Halfway there, do something along the lines of what Portugal did, which was a great success, by decriminalizing it. Not making it a, a, a crime issue, make it more of like a mental health issue. And rehabilitate people. Uh, the numbers for heroin overdoses... Uh, as a consequence of adopting these policies has resulted in fewer overdoses, fewer diseases. In fact, there's even places for them to shoot up. Now, granted, there will be a lot of pushback from states because America seems to be culturally a country about individualism, a country about relativism in the sense that, well, I pay for my own things. I don't care what other people do, just don't infringe on me, and I won't infringe on you. So why would I get the government to take something of my and take part of my tax in order to fund somebody else's habit? And it's just a different way of looking at things. Whether I agree with it or not, that's completely irrelevant. It does it is a valid point. It is and that is something 
me as an Irish person and probably other Europeans find it very hard to relate to because we have a lot more collectivism within each country. We do operate within free market societies, obviously, but America really embraces the concept of individualism, the individual where it's like, I have to sit on my own two feet. I do not want the government involved. So we have to understand that as a cultural aspect too. So I think going back to my original point uh, to improve race relations I know I wouldn't say I wouldn't talk about his predecessor. However, I think Trump's tax cuts and his deregulation of certain parts of the economy did help a lot of minorities and people of color. It has been shown statistically that the black unemployment within America has been at its lowest. Which gets me on to the next topic which is, I'll talk about the economy last because that's my strongest point. How is he going to manage COVID? Now, I think Biden will do a much better job of COVID than I think Trump did. I think initially Trump did have his eye on the ball with it. I think, because he, look, listen to me talking about Trump when I said I wouldn't. When he banned transport from China, uh, China, and also Europe. I thought that was a very good move. Uh, obviously, the border uh, wall scenario was probably he, without his intending to, helped a lot with uh, COVID uh, from Mexico. So I thought that was very good. Obviously, Canada doesn't has a very strict border with the USA for a variety of reasons. So America could have isolated themselves very good based upon their border control. Granted, however, the room really changed with Trump. And it will be harder too. So how is he going to implement changes in COVID? So yes, obviously the messaging about it's a serious virus will be, I think it'll be taken a lot more. I didn't like what Trump did with COVID. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. Now, it all depends on, and I re, this is why I'm leaving communists because it relates to this. Does he shut down all of America? Does he make it a federal thing, a federal law, whereby... All states within America have to shut down, no movement, you're not allowed to leave the state, your city. Okay, how does he implement that? And the problem with that is it would be it play it will play into the hands of the Trump supporters. I know that for a fact. The anti establishment quotation marks will probably look at that and say, Well, they are we warned you about this. This is quotation mark socialism. This is Marxism running a mock, and which it isn't but this is this is how strongly I feel Americans feel about the the concept of individual rights. If you shut down an economy, if you take away people's livelihoods, granted due to lockdown, I think America will rise up because that is kind of part of what the Second Amendment is—the right to bear arms. It is the right to bear arms and for militias against a tyrannical government. They would have cause for case, granted that the government are trying to protect them, but. I just want you to understand that cultural component. What I th well, what I think it would be a cultural component within America, because people's livelihood would be taken away. And thirdly, going on to Biden, as Bill Clinton said, it's the economy, stupid. How is Biden going to reflect the economy? So, Biden within Europe, especially in Ireland, he would be considered centered right compared to America. Believe it or not, he's considered left wing in America, which is uh, quite hilarious. But um, 
Yeah, I'm interested to see how he's going to manage the economy in the sense that is he going to reverse everything that Trump did? Now, I don't think there's certain things I don't think Biden should do. I don't think Biden should reverse the tax cuts. I'm very, very vocal about that. That was one good thing about Trump, the tax cuts. It created a lot of low-paying jobs for the people at the bottom, which created more wealth. So I will accept that. So we have to think in the context of COVID too. So if you do shut down people's line of work, it's going to affect a lot of small businesses and they're not going to sink overnight. It's going to be a very long time before we know what impact COVID lockdowns will have on America. In fact, there's a few uh, investors who've been saying he's going to inherit a crash, a market crash, similar to that of the Great Depression in the 1920s, similar to that in the stock market in 2008, because we were in a bubble market apparently, whereby stocks on the market are going up and up and up and up, and eventually they're going to have to crash down. They're meant to crash by 40%. That is some speculations I've heard, uh, whether that's accurate or not, but the people I have have predicted uh, economic crashes before. So, and his economic policy to kind of go over that is to stimulate the economy by a stimulus package. So, for anyone that doesn't know, I think Joe Biden is stimulating the economy with a stimulus package to the sum of around, I think it's like between six to eight, nine bill, trillion, pardon me, trillion dollars. Uh, is this a good thing in the short term? Yes. But the analogy I will use, it's like sedating somebody. So if somebody is in pain, they're being sedated, but the minute they come out of it, the pain is going to come back. Only this time it's going to be much worse. So, as I mentioned earlier, we're not going to know the economic impact COVID is, has had until after COVID. Because, see, for small businesses, they don't just shut down like that. It takes them a very long time. These are individuals who have saved up a lot of re revenue, a lot of money, gained investments. And you can't... So, so they're just going to try to keep holding on and on until they can keep the debt away. And then once the debt builds up, gets too much, the banks come in. And then that's less employment. So then people lose their jobs and get uh, left off, which creates more recession. And then it creates more state involvement. So that is just one. It's going to increase uh, state debt. In order to create the stimulus package, they're going to be printing more money. Now, if we if we learned any lessons from history, printing more money can be horrible. That causes a concept of inflation. So inflation, basically, regarding money, is when you print more money, it becomes devalued. Because America does not base the dollar on anything anymore. I think it was Nick President Nixon that the gold standard whereby a dollar before the 70s was a reflection of how much gold you had so this dollar represents this much gold and then they got rid of this so what is it based on so we really don't know it's just whatever the federal bank tells us to it is I can't remember why he did that it, it, it just kind of makes sense where he's saying from but it has had bad consequences since 
So what's going to happen there, there's going to be more money in the economy. All that's going to do is push prices up for people, people who don't have any money to begin with. So the living, the cost of living is going to go up. What will that happen? Joe Biden, a very collectivist mindset, he's going to say, okay, let's tax more people, bring in money and then redistribute it, which is going to create more wealth. People are going to have less of an income. So we have to factor in those. And then... So yeah, I think he's 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 inherited a the worst time of being a president. I won't lie because there is that market crash. So this is the worst time he can probably get it. What are your thoughts on this? Let me know on whatever app you're using or whatever you're reviewing on. I'd really appreciate it. Am I happy that Biden has gotten well after the actions of Trump? And I know I said I wouldn't, but you know you can't. You kind of have to these days, I suppose. I would like Biden to do well. I really would. I think in terms of a foreign aspect, so his foreign policy, I think it's just going to be the exact same as Obama. You know, be that uh, nice, friendly, approachable businessman who's very articulate. Well, he wouldn't be really articulate. Never mind. But. I think Biden, what he will do is he will try to build relations. Uh, I think one of the, Trump did do this very well. He acknowledged China, China, as an economic threat to America, but he read the room wrongly. China is a very good partner to have because you get cheap materials off them and uh, cheap manufacturing. Granted, like the whole premise behind Trump was what he wanted to build in the USA. But then there's this idea in economics, it's called a trade of interest. So I don't know how to describe it. So let's just say, we'll use cars, for example. Okay, so Germany makes a lot of cars. Japan or China makes a lot of iPhones. Germany does not have those materials to make the iPhone, so it'd be much more expensive for them to do it, but they can make cars, so they can kind of go China's like, hey China, how are you, uh, we've got all these cars, uh, they're very good cars, uh, what about we give you, uh, use buy X amount of cars of us, and in return, we will buy X amount of iPhones from you. China says, perfect grand trade of interest. So it would have been in America's interest to be, because their trades, uh, Surplus has actually decreased under Trump, which isn't really good for economy. A lot of businesses that relied on foreign trade have had to shut down. So, yeah, fuck you, Trump, in that aspect. So Biden, where where does that leave Biden? So I think within four, he will try to be respectful. He will be diplomatic. There will be a lot more hidden games because with Trump, you didn't know where the fuck he's what he's going to do. Let's be honest, he wasn't diplomatic he was very brash you knew where he stand with them but and he didn't mind swinging his dick around which can be good can be bad it kind of worked out in the middle east well unless you're palestinian of course it worked very well against rocket man and i am sorry but i remember watching that uh un thing he, he was talking to the un when he refer in front of met several diplomats from around the world, him the most powerful man in the world, to call one of the most feared and evil dictators, little rocket man. And, oh my god, that 
some things the majority of the stuff he says is absolute you go why the fuck did you say that but that rocket ban comment that is one of my all-time favorites of anything i think there will be tension between russia and the u.s again based upon that i think biden will try to make amends with china so we'll have to wait and see uh do i want biden to do well yes i do i do like for the sake of the american people I hope Biden does a great job. I hope Biden. I hope Biden does well. I hope he allows America to heal. I hope he follows through on what he says. Of this is a time for people from both sides of the political aisle to come together, put their differences aside, and work to make America great, or heal America, should I say? So yeah, and also, how does Biden? And all this affect Ireland. That's why you might be asking. We might be from Ireland. Okay. We all know. Biden has heavy links to Ireland. Uh, he's got family in County Mayo. His descendants come from Baltimore and County Cork. No, pardon me. Louth. He's got relations in Louth and Mayo. There we go. Pardon me. I had to think there for a second. So those two counties he's got links to. He is very, very adamant that he wants to maintain the Good Friday Agreement. Big support in that. So for everyone that doesn't know what the Good Friday Agreement was, so in the north of Ireland, Northern Ireland, six counties in the north, whatever the fuck you want to call it, there was a religious sectarian conflict between Protestants and Catholics, British, Irish, whatever you want to call it. And this led to 40, 50, 40 years, 30, we'll say 30 years of instability uh, between the, this part of the islands. So a lot of it was based on religion, national identity. And then in 1998, there was a ceasefire and then there was uh, a discussion in Belfast between the Tisha, which is the Irish Prime Minister, and then Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, and then the Nationalists and the Unionists. Nationalists are want to be part of Ireland. Unionists want to be part of the United Kingdom. And they had an agreement, and there was a lot of terms of how they were going to avoid uh, discrimination uh, between Catholics and Protestants in hiring and housing. Uh, there was also... Uh, Pardon me, I'm saying a lot and I can't, I fucking hate it. There was also going to be power sharing, so if there was a nationalist minor majority, then they'd have to equally share power with the unionists. So there, and that hasn't really worked well since. Uh, he's also pro United Ireland. Uh, he said, uh, Wolf Tone, uh, that was the founder of Irish republicanism in the 1798 rebellion, was his hero. Uh, he quote, in fact, in his quote to his hometown, he 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 quoted James Joyce's uh, "If you bury me, bring my heart to Ireland." I think that was Robert. In fact, no, I think that was Robert Emmett, or is, was it something along the lines of "Oh, my tombstone right Dublin because Dublin will always be my heart." Yeah, he, that, that's the quote. And he said that, but from his home state, I can't remember what it was, but I, I know RT, our local news chat network made a big deal about this so joe biden wish you luck buddy happy inauguration day now we will move to something a little more light-hearted uh we'll talk about the mma 
because nothing is more lighthearted and funny than grown men punching each other in the face. So, for anyone that doesn't know or that isn't a casual MMA fan or a hardcore MMA fan or just somebody who exists in Ireland, it is the return of Conor McGregor since last year. Fighting Dustin Poirier at 155. It's the rematch. Both fighters have come a long way since they first met. But we'll talk about another fight on this. On Well, the co-main event. I'll talk about the co-main event first. So, new incomer to the UFC is former Bellator champion Michael Chandler. Is his name? Yes, Michael Chandler. Fighting Dan the Hangman Hooker from New Zealand. Now, Dan Hooker is just coming off a loss against Dustin Poirier. It's a very good fight, that fight. Uh, it was very back and forward. Dan Hooker learned a lot of valuable lessons from the fight. He's a very come-forward aggression, always trying to knock you out. And that instead of failed, it does. it's not very durable for a long career. Um, I think he learned a lot of lessons from that fight, and he is going to become better from it. I haven't seen much of Michael Chandler, if I'm completely honest with you. I wouldn't be a big MMA uh, Bellator fan. There is a lot of good fighters in there that I follow. A lot of them are former UFC guys. Uh, there's a load of Irish guys. There's actually a lot more Irish guys in Bellator than the UFC. So I'd watch specifically for them. Because Bellator comes to Dublin quite a lot as well. So I'd watch quite a lot of fights when they're in Dublin. Uh, Michael Chandler is very accomplished wrestler. Very aggressive on the ground he's also very got a good knockout power behind him so i think he will do very well i think he will edge out in this because i think he's a lot more uh well-rounded fighter i think this will be a good introduction for him to the ufc he's he's not been thrown in against you know low opposition here like dan hooker is a fantastic fighter like he will you will leave that cage with marks on your face believe me you me uh but i think I think it's not long enough for Dan Hooker to win, to, to turn around. Like, I think this, how he responds to the loss will be very important for his career because he was on a huge win streak before this. So, yeah, my prediction for that is I would going to say Michael Chandler, but if poised to win, it will be by knockout because he's just got such powerful hands. Like, they're just bombs. They're absolute bombs. Now, let's get to the main event of the evening. Introducing first, fighting out of Louisiana, D Dustin Poirier. So, against Conor... Sorry, that was very cringy. I'm not going to do that again. Against uh, Conor McGregor. We all know Conor McGregor. We've all heard the story. So, how did these two fighters progress since their last fight? Uh, quite a lot. They have came on leaps and bounds. McGregor fought Poirier just as he rose. I think it was his fourth or fifth fight in the UFC. Dustin Poirier was already like a veteran at this point. He was already in the UFC for a couple of years. I look back at Dustin Poirier's style, and I'm not surprised that McGregor clipped him and got the TKO because he, he, he was a lot more emotional in those fights Poirier was uh, it was the first time there was a big sense of hype around him in that fight plus McGregor 
was this was back when McGregor was a shit talker. Like all he would do is get inside your head. He would constantly make you doubt yourself. And there's there's a lot less of all that now. Poirier has been there, done that, rose up to the ranks, became interim champion, defeated many former champions as well. So this is a different Poirier. It's a different McGregor too. Uh, there's going to be a lot more respect in this fight. They're both spe- talking a lot more respectfully respectfully of each other. Pardon me, I'm mincing my words today, but we'll continue. So I think what Empoir has uh, done a lot better was his defensive guard. He has this really awkward defensive guard. In fact, Max Holloway, who had a blinder of a fight yesterday, like he landed 450-something strikes in five rounds. That is phenomenal volume. And the things he did in that fight, it could be more if he didn't showboat in the middle of a fight. Don't get me wrong, he probably could have landed 460 shots if he wasn't pointing at the commentators. So Dustin Poirier, uh, yeah, his defensive guard has gotten a lot better. He is a lot less cagier. He's a lot more patient. He still goes for the kill at some times, but he's clipping you at volume. It's not like a knockout punch all the time, but he's just wearing you down, wearing you down, wearing you down. And that's a very important fight aspect for Poirier because... McGregor has been known not to last very long. He's won one fight that went five rounds. And that was against Nate Diaz in the rematch. That was at welterweight. He wasn't cutting weight then. So I think if a Poyer has a chance if it goes to later rounds, I think it'll be very back and forward. It'll be the split decision for Poirier if it gets that far. And let's talk about McGregor. So how's McGregor going to do in this fight? How's he going to win? Obviously, he's a fast starter. He will come in and he will try to corner you. He will try to make you go into a certain area so that he can pick you apart. He will. He's very deceptive in his movements. He's coming off a win against Cowboy Cerrone. To be fair about that fight, Cerrone doesn't start fights very well. He, he, he doesn't, especially in a main card. So there's all those factors. Like anytime Cowboy fights in an undercard or on the main card but not headlining he does a lot better uh the pressure gets him and he, he said that himself so i don't think that's fair plus mcgregor just be so aggressive when he comes at you like he really 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 goes for it so there's that factor too so i don't want to th- hate too much praise on mcgregor for his win against cowboy because there's a lot of other mistakes like fair enough he still went out and did the job i'll not take that away from mcgregor he he, he deserved that when he used the shoulders which was quite genius if I'm perfectly honest with you uh, so how McGregor went obviously the knockout but I, I've seen a little more disciplined McGregor in this like it's like it's like a new McGregor it's not like that McGregor that fought Habib that uh, I remember watching that Habib press conference and it's like that wasn't Connor. Connor used to be witty he was funny he was enjoyable like you didn't mind him talking shit about people because when he did it was funny it was hilarious it was playful it was all sorts of that chaos involved with that but that mcgregor gets habib was just uh, it was just there was just a really bad vibe about it It didn't feel it felt very brash it didn't feel it just it looked uncomfortable that would probably be my best analysis it looked uncomfortable and then he got beat by habib and he was drinking quite a lot in the build-up to that so that was obviously a huge factor but then again this mcgregor this disciplined mcgregor how long has this disciplined mcgregor come into force 
so because we had a lockdown and that's and so like was he sitting and having a few drinks here and there was he getting bored frustrated i think the lockdown might have made him think right well it's so easy these things to be taken away so you know i'm gonna go back and do what i love but i'm still in my prime so he has done quite a lot for this fight camp but then again dustin poirier since mcgregor fought more consistently the last time mcgregor fought consistently was about four years ago eddie alvarez so he used to fight three times a year now he fights at one time he fought once every two years now this is the first time he's fought once a year in that time poirier has been in various training camps he has been working on his game against a variety of opponents i think poirier will be sharper but there is statistics to show that the people who fight less do better and from a physiological standpoint it does make a lot of sense however what has mcgregor been doing in the last couple of years has he been training consistently has he been hungry has he been working on his skills has he been working at holes in his game yeah his his backroom staff does look amazing like he's he's got the a mongolian wrestling coach in with him uh, who's who's actually head of svgd he's got sutcliffe uh i can't remember his first name i think it's phil sutcliffe uh head coach in crumlin boxing club has which has uh trained a lot of former olympians trained a lot of national and european and world champions so you know you know he's, he's getting the best of his of the best i don't know what his grappling is going to be like though uh well he's got john calvinah for that and john calvinah is the og of the irish jiu-jitsu scene so fair play but uh i think poyer especially because poyer lives in florida they, they got very less lockdown restrictions over there so he'll be fit to train more freely and he's got a bigger training camp of champions so final prediction who is going to win connor or dustin my heart says connor but my head doesn't know so i'll just say my head says connor but my gut says poyer and usually my gut's right. Maybe my gut's lying to me. But I will, that is just generally how I feel at that time. So we've just had 30 minutes. Wow. Talking shit for 30 minutes. That is fantastic. I didn't think I had that much shit talk in me. So I will wrap it up there. Take care guys. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already. Check out my social media. At the last king of Ulster. On my that's the same for my Instagram. It's the same on my Twitter. Granted, it's Paul Gallagher ninety three, but I don't spell Paul that way. And TikTok, Paul Gal, Last King of Ulster, on TikTok and Instagram. So be sure to check me out. Let me know what you thought of the podcast, and I will see you next week. Take care. God bless. Wash your hands. Keep the social distance, and stay home if you can. Peace. <laughs>